What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 102 of the 1% Podcast. Took a little hiatus for the last two weeks to get some things in order. Had a little uh, crazy schedule. I did. I took a little hiatus. My first hiatus, but I did take a little hiatus because we got some exciting news that uh, we'll get into on the podcast. So I got Nina back with me, and we're going to talk about um, our newest venture, the Airbnb that we just bought in Tuscaloosa, how it came about, kind of how we structured it, and kind of give some advice to anybody who may be looking to get into the Airbnb game themselves. Um, now, it's not started yet, so we don't even know if we've done it correctly, but we'll keep you posted on that. I think we've gotten a pretty pretty good base layer down, and we'll kind of explain to you guys kind of how we did it and how we went about it. But uh, Nina, thanks for taking some time to uh, jump on the podcast for the fourth time. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> You've been running around like crazy people for the past like month, it sounds like. Yeah, it has been uh, very crazy for the past couple months. And I just turned up the volume on your mic because I think it was a little down um, just so they can pick it up. But it's been a whirlwind. So um, kind of to start off with, you know, Nina and I have been thinking about getting an investment property for a long time. It's been something that we've talked about trying to get involved in, but just never really panned out. And we can never find a property that we like because we were searching in Atlanta primarily because that's where we do business and we know the market and know everything. And I probably sent you, what do you think, 25 houses of things that we could either fix and flip, we could Airbnb, we could rent them, do long-term leases and everything. You were just like, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I'm just really picky too. And I wanted, obviously for our first one, it was going to be risky either way, but I wanted to do it in the least risky, risky way possible, I guess I could say. So yeah, out of all the ones you sent me, we only went and saw one in person and that one ended up just not being a good fit. Um, and yeah, we were, we were looking at doing like Hunter said, whether we were going to buy something and just have a long-term tenant or if we were going to try to flip a property, but the, Least, least risky thing we are seeing right now and people being successful in is Airbnb. So, um, and I, I don't know if I'd necessarily say least risky, but it's like the most calculated you can take because the way that the long-term leases work is you buy an investment property. So you can put 5% down on a property and lease it out, but you have to live there for six to 12 months. And we're not necessarily, we can't lease our current residence. So there's no reason for us to buy a new one and put 5% down to try to lease this out. So our goal was to then do investment property, which if you buy an investment property, that's 20% down. So it's a little bit different. However, for this one, we were able to zone it or I guess qualify for a second home, which is in mortgage terms, you're going to get a little bit better interest rate. And you also have the ability to put 10% down instead of 20% down, which opens up some flexibility as well. Yeah. I guess I'm just biased because my parents have had some long-term rentals and have not had the best luck with tenants and things. So yeah, I guess it's not the least risky thing to do, but from the experience of like the clients that I work with and the things that I've seen, I've just been seeing people have a lot of success with Airbnb. So yeah, we decided that Atlanta, we were just a little priced out and just really couldn't identify any good properties. It's still so competitive here in the market that if you're not a cash investor, it's really tough, honestly, to find anything to cash flow. So I don't know, this all started too when Hunter and I, you know, we like to go to one Alabama game a year. We were thinking about either going to the UGA game or the USC game since I went to school there. And obviously the hotels book out like three years in advance. So I was looking at Airbnbs and could not believe the prices were, you know, anywhere from 
1500 to $3,000 a night. And so I told Hunter, I'm like, what if we got a property in Alabama? He texted his friend Haynes that morning, and we were under contract that night, which is crazy, but... I just feel like when you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The second that Haynes sent me this house, I was like, that is my house and I want it right now. Yeah, and we got it. So we closed on it on Friday. So if you guys are listening to this on Friday, the what is that? The 9th, we closed a week ago on the 2nd. So during the process, it was a lot because obviously we're buying out of state. So to go under contract, we had already been pre-approved for a house in Georgia and I obviously do loans. So I understand the debt to income ratio. I understand the process, the pre-approval process, how that all works. So we ended up getting a pre-approval letter for this property. We went under contract about 12 hours after Haynes sent it to us. So honestly, shout out to Haynes. He was awesome to work with and being in the industry, we know how painful some real estate transactions can be. And this was actually about as seamless as you could go. I mean, the sellers did all the repairs that we wanted to minus a couple things, which we already have someone. Yeah. It was all people that are in the the industry. industry. So it was about as clean of a transaction as you can have, which you always love to have. Um, No matter whether you're doing the loan, you're buying the house, you're the realtor on the transaction. It's awesome to have just a clean flowing process because honestly, in real estate, it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, I'd say 50, 50, whether it's clean or not, but, um, there's usually some things that pop up during the process that could be hiccups, but thank goodness we didn't have any of that. And then, so once we're under contract, that's when kind of the drinking through a fire hose starts is kind of the term that I, I refer to when I'm talking to first time home buyers and even ourselves, because Nina, you can kind of talk about this, but I mean, we had to go through, you know, everything that everybody buying a house goes through, but just from a state over. So, you know, you want to kind of talk about the due diligence process and like the home inspection and how all that went. Yeah, sure. It was honestly, I thought that the Alabama contracts were way more straightforward than the Atlanta ones or the Georgia ones in general. Um, but yeah, Haynes walked us through everything and it was pretty similar to the process in Georgia. So everything was just a little um, less competitive and a little bit cheaper. So earnest money was way lower than I would have recommended for a client here. And I, I was like, Haynes, are you sure? And he was correct. So we trusted him. We could have a little bit longer of a due diligence period, which is when you get your inspections done and when that earnest money is fully refundable should you not move forward. So we did $1,000 earnest money. We had a 10-day due diligence period. We got our inspection done. Honestly, I was a little disappointed with our inspection, just being honest, because everything was supposed to be brand new in the house. I mean, it's a 1940s house. It was an old house, but they replaced literally everything, which is why I thought it was such a good opportunity. But it was all just kind of, for the most most part, little stuff. So uh, most, uh, most of the stuff the seller handled and then Haynes hooked us up with a really great um, contractor handyman there that did the rest of the items for us. So after we went through the inspection report and decided that we were still going to move forward, we went crazy with um, buying furniture. Oh, well, we also went and saw it in person during yeah. the due diligence period, confirmed that we really liked it. I did as many measurements as I could do. You know, while we were there for like 30 minutes. So then we started buying furniture and I felt like I was doing it kind of blindly because I didn't, I had only been in the house one time, but, um, it ended up working out my, my biggest strategy with the furniture was 
finding, finding stuff that looked, that looked obviously, obviously cute and, and had good, had good aesthetics for the Airbnb listing for people that are looking at properties because I think that goes a long way, but also affordable. You know, we didn't want to have anything that nice in our place because unfortunately people destroy things. So yeah, but for the most part, I mean, we went, we upgraded the mattresses to get the nice ones because that's super important. Like we we spent money where we needed to spend money. Right. So, um, and it was nice because like once we got through that process, like I think it's very important to highlight that the reason that I think that this went so smoothly to this point is because we pair with each other well. Like I think if you're going to do this, whether you do it on your own or with somebody else, like your whole deal is design, fashion, the aesthetics of the place, what everything looks like. And I was more so the logistical, like how we're going to get this accomplished, I feel like. I mean, you obviously help with logistics. But I mean, you did a ton of work on it. I'm not like... strengths though. I mean, me being in real estate, like I don't even know if you looked at the inspection report as much as that. Like I handled the whole inspection report and, you know, knowing what we needed to get done on that. And then, yeah, all the furniture. Hunter obviously did everything with the loan. I don't think I opened one thing about the loan that you sent me because if you you know you're the numbers person so if you thought everything looked good it was fine with me so right yeah yeah and then you were you were you were the heavy lifter because we got some new appliances and switched things around and packed a u-haul and stuff too so that was all you i was gonna say that's like the next kind of part of the process so once we got through the due diligence period and we knew that we were gonna buy the place and we were gonna move forward and we had all the furniture and everything nina went to home goods and all these other stores and we had to buy a new washer dryer for our place and take our old washer dryer to the Airbnb because we're going to have, there's like a uh, laundry room at the house, but we're going to have it locked up to where you're only allowed to utilize the washing machine and dryer if you stay there for a certain amount of nights. And that'll also be the closet where, you know, any of the cleaners going there will be able to go in there and get cleaning supplies if needed or any of like the things that we're going to do to freshen up the house, hopefully for the guests in the future. Um, So after that, You bought all the furniture. I mean, we've got a whole spreadsheet tracking all the expenses and everything. So if anybody wants to get into this venture and like get a detailed idea of what anything is going to, I guess, cost depending on the purchase price and some of the furniture costs, I'm more than happy to share that with you and talk about that. Don't necessarily think it's a thing to talk about on the podcast, but if you're really highly anticipating or highly thinking about doing an Airbnb, I'm more than happy to share that with you. We've got a bunch of tools to make sure that it makes sense. Um, but another thing that we did was look on AirDNA. So, I mean, I know you remember AirDNA. That's like an Airbnb tool that shows you the occupancy rate of the properties, the price per night, and the annual revenue of all the properties in a location that you're searching for. And so we saw in the Northport area, which is where we bought the house, it's about a half mile or a mile from downtown Tuscaloosa, like two miles from the stadium, two miles from campus. So it's very convenient for families to stay, but that area is highly, highly populated with Airbnbs. So we were looking at the competition, what we're going to be competing with, some of the prices that they're listing at per night, what their revenue is, their occupancy rate, and running all those numbers to make sure it made sense. And for the most part, a lot of those houses in Northport are crushing it. Yeah. I think it's also just kind of a no brainer for our first venture to be in a college town also one that hunters still like really connected in and knows people and um but there's just always something going on obviously you guys have great sports too so there's a big fan base for that but even just parents weekends graduations college tours like not that there's not things going on in other cities but a college town just kind of felt like a no-brainer to us so um 
we're excited. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. And then, you know, once we got everything, we rented a U-Haul from Atlanta and we drove it to Tuscaloosa with all the furniture. So shout out to Scott. He came over and helped me and uh, Nina's dad pack the Airbnb since we had to store all the furniture at her parents' house in their garage because we have nowhere to put it at our house. Um, and so thank you to them for doing that as well. And so then we loaded up the U-Haul and then we drove down on Friday morning. So we loaded it up Thursday night, drove down to Tuscaloosa Friday morning, and then we closed on the house at one o'clock and then had to buy like there's a refrigerator that we needed that's not in the property so we yeah, went and bought we one quick walk through too to make sure that all the repairs that the seller was supposed to do that they did them so we had all those receipts and knew about all of that before we officially signed the papers and then yeah we needed a refrigerator and a washer dryer were the only appliances so we ran over to a appliance place bought a refrigerator came back closed on the property went back to the house unpacked everything um and then we just have like we were just setting things up all all weekend whether it be like furniture or you know we stocked the whole kitchen for the most part i was gonna say that's one thing i wanted to highlight that people like i didn't think about this like you were thinking about it but me being me i'm not thinking about the kitchen utensils and stuff so like we went down there we had four bar stools we had a king um headboard king um whatever it's called. No, I'm just saying like there's a king bed, queen bed, two fulls. And so we had to get two twins. We had to get, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? The mattress box springs. No, that came with the mattress, the bed frame. So we had to build the bar stools, build the bed frames, get the couch in the house, go by. It's just a lot of setting up and stuff too. And, um, it wasn't as clean as I expected it to be. So we have like a professional cleaner coming. There's just a lot of other expenses that we're having after the fact, besides obviously the biggest expense being the house. I would say second was furniture and appliances, but then third, like there's no blinds on any part of the house. And, you know, no one wants to stay anywhere where they feel like they're in the wide open and people can see them. So we have a blinds person coming tomorrow to measure and hang blinds. We have a cleaner coming the next day. Like I said, we had our handyman coming. You had the mattress delivery. Just been running around with extra. And shout out to Haynes for being there because you need somebody in the town to like go to the house and get all the stuff for you. So he was there when our refrigerator was uh, set up on Tuesday. He was there today, which is Thursday when we're recording. Uh, when they got all the mattresses, our handyman's been in there hanging all the TVs, building shelves, building a desk. Um, just all these small things that we didn't really think about before the process. But well, we also were asking Haynes like what he thought about us having a management company because that's also something common that people do with like these short-term rentals. It's just you give a percentage of your profit to this management company and then you kind of don't have to think about it anymore and they just handle everything. And he said that it really didn't make sense if you only have one property and we're lucky to have him so close by to, if we you know needed it for any emergencies. But everything from what he's told us and from what we've experienced so far is super automated and until you're trying to manage and juggle multiple properties it didn't really make sense to have any sort of management so we also just kind of wanted to do it I feel like on our own for the first one too because we wanted to see everything that goes into the process of starting one and what things make us successful and what things you know we need to change for the next time because we're hoping that this is the first of many and then I would love to you know continue buying 
around around Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa as, as long as this one goes well, well. and then get a management, get a management company, company once we have enough that I feel like it makes sense that we want to offload some of that responsibility to them too. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, this is the way once you get one, hopefully it can cash flow and then you can use the profits from the one to then buy the next one and continue on down the line. So that's the goal for us. We just kind of wanted to jump on here, give you a rundown of kind of what the process looks like, how it went. And uh, we will put up the listing whenever it goes live. We're hoping to get it live March 1st is the goal or maybe at the end of April. And uh, we're headed back in the next several weeks to uh, get everything done towards the end of April and uh, we'll see what happens from there. So anything else for the, uh, for the listeners before we let them run? Um, so yeah. I think we still don't know exactly what we're getting ourselves into and in the best way possible. I would just say tracking is the biggest thing you can do, like tracking all of your expenses, tracking, you know, the cost of every piece of furniture, because if someone does damage something, you know exactly what you paid for it. So you know exactly what to charge them. I just think we're trying to be super, I don't even know what the word is, diligent about keeping track of absolutely everything, because we also, for tax reasons, want to be able to have as many write-offs as we possibly can. So. Yep. And also, I guess we could talk about this too. So like on the outside, we had to create an LLC. Oh, yeah. We had to get the LLC, you know, all it was notarized. In a state, so that yeah. was an obstacle we didn't know we were going to have. Right. So we had to get it filed in Alabama, but our CPA works in Georgia. He doesn't work in Alabama. So we had to have someone else do the LLC for us in Alabama. Now there's all these laws and regulations. And then we got a meeting at the bank tomorrow afternoon to set up an LLC bank account because we're going to put funds in there to pay for all the expenses and then let all the cash from Airbnb flow into that account. And then all the expenses and the mortgage payment will come out of the business bank account instead of our own bank account. Yeah. 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 Everything. This is what I do for my personal um, work too, since I'm 1099 and I like technically am my own LLC is everything has to flow through the business account. If you want to then, you know, be able to, at the end of the year, like write things off and show less income than you made. So yeah, everything will flow through that account. So that was kind of, I guess the steps were that we could break it down for people, identify a property, go under contract. During that time we met with our CPA, we filed for the LLC, we got the EIN number, then we got the bank account. And, and now, now it's all of just the setup, setup stuff on Airbnb. Yeah, essentially the next steps that we have is link the bank account to the new mortgage, fund the new bank account to pay for the mortgage. You know, just put some money in there. Little bullet list. Um, I'm a big list person, so I already have a list of everything we need to bring with us. Going to do a huge Costco run here for like paper towels, toilet paper, napkins, like all that random stuff. Um, and and yeah, we're we're almost, we're in the home stretch. It was really chaotic, crazy energy for the past month of trying to manage buying a house in a different state and getting it fully furnished and set up and planning a wedding. And planning a wedding. Yeah. And work is crazy. And work is crazy. So, and social life is crazy, honestly. Grateful for all of it, but it is, yeah, it is uh, very, very hectic. So, anyway, I hope you guys got something out of this. If you have any questions about Airbnb, buying real estate, short term, long term rentals, investments, primary residences, Nina and I are your people. Come to us, whether you're in our state or another one, we can refer you out to people that are in your state. Um, So, hopefully, you guys got something out of this, are interested in it. And I think this is a great way to build long term wealth 
generational wealth and to, uh, you know, continue to build, build your net worth. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you, Nina, for jumping on the pod. Bye. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Love you guys.